What is going on, Shula Bowl Pod fans? Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, favorite podcast outside of the Underdog Dynasty Conference USA podcast. Cheap plug, but you know it's coming. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, as always, joined by the voice of Panther Nation, at least the voice of Panther Nation for this podcast. That is Mr. David Handel. David, how are you doing tonight? Have you, really quick, before we jump into our, our usual rundown, have you become accustomed to the fact that the powers that be listen to this podcast, unlike the first four years we did this podcast, or first three years we did this podcast, uh, it, it's made its ways deep inside the walls of the uh, R. Kirkland and Fieldhouse? One, Eric, I'm still celebrating. Um, I wish you can hear me still popping champagne after that huge dub. Uh, two, shout out to Scott. I actually saw him on Saturday when we were talking about it. Um, you know, huge shout out to Scott for listening to the podcast. Love what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, appreciate the listen. Um, and yeah, I'm pumped, Derek. That's a huge win. Um, you know, a huge win for, you know, obviously the team, the coaching staff, the fans, I, I you know, that was that, and the way they did it too, was just, it was just so much fun, man. It was, that was like the first time I was like, having fun in a long time, Eric, like, like in the cage, just having a blast. So happy to be a part of it. And, and, you know, looking forward to what's to come. First off, uh, first name basis, huh? Like just, just Scott. That you, you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mr. Carr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least the journalist in me should figure out this. At least upon first uh, identification, identify who that is. He's talking about Scott Carr, of course. David. Yeah, that, that's first that's Eric. That's that's what happens when you're when you're living the 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 skybox life. Listen, listen, I. I <laughs> <laughs> I am not living the skybox life, sir. As you see, I sneak out of the press suite uh, and, and come find you, sir. You're, you're, you're the one offering me, you know, some of the uh, fine cuisine of the uh, uh, the sweet life. You know, I, I am just a, a humble beat writer who enjoys his Jimmy John's. Uh, no, wait, damn it. Um, no, it's Jimmy John's. Wait. No, it's Jersey Mike's. Sorry, because it's uh, I got to get the sponsor right for the FIU. Jersey, Jersey Mike's sponsor it's, us. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's Jersey Mike's. Uh, uh, I I just enjoy the uh, the fine turkey sandwich. But that aside, David, as you mentioned, um, shout out to the fine folks, Five Reasons Sports, Ethan Skolnick for giving us the platform. As you mentioned, FIU coming off of a. Uh, you know what? I don't necessarily have an issue with calling a big win because I think every win that the Panthers rack up this year, quite frankly, is big. But especially when you consider the circumstances, you know, coming back home after beating Charlotte and trying to not fall that same trap that they fell into a couple weeks ago when they came home after the New Mexico State law, after New Mexico State win, excuse me, and then lost two straight. So uh, got to give credit to Mike McIntyre's club. Uh, the Panthers win 42-34, a double overtime game. David, really quick, uh, we couldn't get clarification in the press box. Uh, double overtime, or is that just like the second series of overtime? I think I wrote it as the second series of overtime. What, what would you call that? Just really quick, as a fan. I go double overtime. You go double um, OT. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I go. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, we, we were. It, was it, like does get, it does get weird though when it's like the two point conversion part of it, where right. like you skip all that that triple overtime. You know what I mean? It's like you're just going for twos at that point. But right. uh, double overtime, I, I still go. I mean, I just said it again, so I'm going double overtime. 
Yeah, that had us a little bit. Uh, there was a big debate in the press box as to whether we we're going double overtime or second series. I went with the um, second series of overtime, but nevertheless, David, a big time performance, a second overtime game for the Panthers this year. So certainly veterans of the extra period got a shout out. A couple of high performers for the Panthers again. As I mentioned, 42-34 win, a game that saw Louisiana Tech jump out to a 10-0 lead before both teams really traded scores throughout the rest of the game, David. And as you mentioned, I have to agree with you, um, it, it, that feeling in the cage, and I know you know for the outside audience, they may laugh at this, but dude, it's been a while since we've had a game that was back and forth, both teams you know, really having something on the line, because Louisiana Tech, if they'd won that game, they would be... Uh, I believe three and four, three and five, if memory serves me correct, still have a, an outside shot at a bowl game. Obviously, FIU now at four and four still has a very realistic shot at a bowl game as well. And a game that came down to the fourth quarter. I mean, no disrespect to Bryant. I, I don't want to disrespect the Bulldogs, but obviously there's a different feeling when you're doing it against a, a CUSA foe. So uh, you hit the nail on the head as far as the feeling in the stadium. Definitely wish there had been a few more fans there, but hey, it was Halloween weekend, so we'll we'll touch on that in a second. But those high performers want to start out with Grayson James, David, his growth and maturity in now his what seventh consecutive start uh, for Grayson went 31 of 48 for 321 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, completion percentage, 65%. Excuse me, guys. I am, I have been, you know, doing the, making the rounds with podcasts and radio and whatnot. So uh, I'm battling a little bit of a throat issue, but you know, bear with me if, if I take those pauses, but Grayson, had a nice performance. Tyrese Chambers, seven grabs for 81 yards. There was a player who led all, all receivers, but led the entire game in receiving yards, who I'm going to make a point to spotlight, come back to him in a second. Uh, defensively, also, uh, you know, I, I, I all things considered, I honestly have a huge issue with the performance uh, defensively of the Panthers because the Tech, that's an offense that, you know, was Sonny Cumbie is one of the not necessarily early innovators, but one of the early quarterbacks in that air raid system playing under Mike Leach. So if anyone knows that system really well, it's going to be Sonny Cumbie. His offenses have not had issues putting up points this year. So not necessarily you know, upset at the 34 points uh, allowed, although I'm sure the Panthers and Javon DeWitt would like to keep a few more touchdowns off the board. But nevertheless, still a solid defensive performance in my mind. Uh, Demetrius Hill, Gaithan Bernadale, Donovan Manuel, Deverick Daniel. Uh, your leading tackler for FIU. They all were in double digits. Got to shout out Deverick Daniel, David. You know, and again, I, I will come to spotlight him in a few, but the fact that he stepped in when Dorian Hall was ejected early in the game for the second time uh, this year, ejected with a targeting, uh, hit with a targeting uh, call and was ejected. So Deverick Daniel stepped in and, and had a really nice performance. And I also want to shout out on the offensive line, Philip Houston. Texas native who got the start for Lindell Hudson Jr. Don't know what Lindell's status is going to be just yet for this week, but uh, Philip is actually rated as one of the top offensive linemen in all of uh, FBS football, according to Pro Football Focus, for his performance on the right side of the offensive line. So definitely want to uh, acknowledge that as well. So, David, um, I will let you kind of uh, take it away from here before I, I throw a few questions at you. Give me your thoughts on the game. You know, take me through your um, your feelings. I know we had a chance to meet up at halftime and chat up for a little bit about what you saw there when the score, I believe, was 21-17 heading into half. Obviously, FIU had a lot of momentum heading into halftime with the blocked kick via Alex Nobles and the fact that they had scored, I believe, 14 unanswered points, if my memory is serving me correct. So, David, just uh, take it away. You know, your thoughts on the entire game, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. 
Yeah, Eric. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, it was just an absolute blast. Um, you know, this team continues to impress me in every way of the word. Um, and yeah, some people would be like, oh, you know, LaTeX's not not that good this year. You know, LaTeX, the LaTeX that I know is the LaTeX that we can never beat, <laughs> you know? And so just being able to, to and first off, you forget we were underdogs in this game uh, and by a decent margin. I mean, we opened at like nine point underdogs. You know, we were we weren't expected to win this game. And, you know, the entire game, I thought the offense was playing really well. I thought they they I think they've reached the point, especially Grayson, just full comfort in this system. And Eric and, and you know me, this has been over a year now. I don't think I've 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 gotten it so correct like I have with Grayson James hopping on that hive because he is he is starting to really impress me. Um, and I'm very excited to see what he can do this week in his like quote unquote homecoming back to his his state of Texas. But well, even though we already kind of played in Texas, but whatever, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, and and the one guy I do want to give a shout out to, and it's because he he I, I we all Panther fans know what he's capable of, and he just hasn't been able to be as active this year. But that's Rivaldo Fairweather. Um, I thought he had a, a an outstanding game. Uh, he was he came down very clutched in the end, um, and so you know just overall an absolute fun game. It would have been heartbreaking if we lost, but we obviously didn't. Uh, the defense made that huge stop in, in double overtime, and you know I just think overall just a really really good performance by the Panthers, and uh, you know they gutted out this win, and it was it was a fun shootout to be a part of. So. You know, I have nothing but good things to say this week. Um, you know, it was just a really good time. David, you, you beat me to the punch there. I was teeing it up for you there, but I, I will go back and revisit <laughs> it. Rivaldo Fairweather is the player who led the entire game in receiving yards. Six grabs for 89 yards. Interestingly enough, Rivaldo only had one grab entering the fourth quarter. He had five grabs in the final fourth, in the final quarter in overtime. As a matter of fact, four grabs on the final drive. And then the one reception as well uh, in the oh, overtime period. Know, David, time, yeah. yeah, yeah, David. No, I, I just, I just want to. I'll give you a little room to expand on that a little bit. You know, Rivaldo's a pretty humble kid. Uh, when we spoke to him post game, just kind of said, you know, hey, he's staying humble, staying patient, waiting his opportunity. And the fact of the matter is, it is a, a deep tight end room. Um, I guess I will, you know, provide kind of the, the journalistic POV here. Um, I, 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 if you're asking me, you know, when I've been asked on radio for people who've had questions about why Rivaldo's numbers haven't necessarily been what you would have liked. I mean, obviously entering this game, I think he only had something like eight or nine receptions. Listen, the fact of the matter is it's a new staff. So you're going to have to perform for a new staff. You can't just kind of rest on what you did with the old staff. And also I do think, you know, I haven't, I want to make this clear. This is my POV. I haven't spoken with Josh Ergel um, on the record on this or, or, or off the record for that matter either. But I, I do think, you got to remember, Raval is a kid who played a year and change of high school football uh, at Boyd Anderson and played multiple positions, um, was a defensive end, was a kick returner, was a receiver, a tight end. Still very much learning the tight end position. I mean, Drew Davis, when I spoke with him, talked about the fact that this is you know previous staff, I should say that, but spoke about the fact that he's still rounding into and learning the position. So I think maybe some of the things that the tight end position uh, they're asked of in, in this offense – Rivaldo may still be rounding into form and you take a guy, uh, uh, maybe not necessarily a veteran player and experience, but he's been playing football a bit longer. Josiah Miaman, you don't end up at Iowa by accident 
you know, as far as a tight end, maybe some of those things, especially David, when you're an offensive line that's growing and in the run game, probably some things that you got to account for. Um, But if I were to flip it, and this is where I'll flip it to you in the form of a question, David Yost offense, everyone knows, at least I think everyone knows at this point in time, it's 11 personnel, right? It's it's a heavy 11 personnel offense, which is one running back, one tight end. And then you're going to have some some options as far as, you know, getting into uh, 10 personnel and, and, and others. I I really liked the way that they used Rivaldo on that last drive, David, which was essentially you got to go four wides to get a to get a score. And he was lined up in, in the slot. I think Rivaldo is a big body. That's a way that you can take advantage of him. And they do have a tight end rotation. I mean, we've seen Jackson McDonald get time as well. The former walk on from a uh, key. Uh, come on, Jackson from Key West, I believe. Um, Marathon is Key West, right, uh, David? Marathon it, Marathon is one of the keys. Like it's one of the before, keys. Yeah, it's just one of the Florida keys. It's like the third key, I think. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm I'm in the right area. But nevertheless, we've seen Jax McDonald in the rotation. We've seen uh, Asi Josiah in there as well. So I mean, clearly, you know, they they have a way that they want to do that. That's just my observation. But David, I, I want to you know throw back to you on a question. Did you a Did you notice that? I mean, I know in your in your you know fandom, I don't know if you got a chance to kind of see the way some things were lined up. Uh, did you notice the fact that Rivaldo was kind of lined up in that slot receiver role? And and is that something that maybe you want to see going forward? Um, I, I did notice, but I, it wasn't something that, you know, I, I was like, you know, pointing out in the, in the moment either sure, sure, my fan goggles were definitely on, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that's exactly where he belongs. Um, I think he, you know, he, he is so like, he, he has, like, and we've seen it already. Like, like the skill set that he possesses, like he, you know, big, fast, like he has the hands, like I think, and he's a mismatch for a lot of whether it's a cornerback or a linebacker, right? So it's something that, you know, I wish he was getting used more often earlier in the season, but I get it, you know, the transition with the new offense, because I have everything you mentioned. So it was, that's why it was so good to see him, like, especially, you know, burst on that last drive, because I think that might be a focal point going forward is that, you know, this guy is such a mismatch that we should be trying to, to, you know, focus on him more, especially the fact that, Tyrese is probably going to continue to be double teamed. You know, a lot of other guys are making big plays, but he's somebody that could could definitely make a huge impact. Um, so I was just super excited to see him involved toward the end of that game because he, you know, obviously his his impact helped us helped us win the game. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I'm not someone who likes to play Madden football out there. And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it's kind of easy to just draw up a formation on Madden. Uh, I don't think those things are always applicable uh, in real football. However, uh, I do think it's something that as they're still learning this team and by them, I mean the coaching staff still kind of learning the way they can do some things. Maybe, you know, maybe for whatever reason that didn't work out in practice, but they saw it in the game where you're kind of forced to do it. It's like, all right, you know, this can be a mismatch. So I think it's something to keep an eye on going forward. David, you said you had all smiles, no complaints, uh, 26 carries for 57 yards on the ground. Uh, all smiles. Uh, yes, because we won. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, de- I mean, yes, surely the, you know, it's, it's, it, the thing is like, you know, we've been running so well the past couple of weeks um, that, you know, I did see the stat line and I, and I was like, okay, well that was, you know, a little bit of a step back, but I also think that, you know, especially toward the end of the game, it, it just became, you know, trying to keep, not keep up, but like, you know, going pass for pass kind of. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and really like, 
be harp on it too much just because like i said we won if we lost maybe that i would be like you know maybe we should have ran it a bit a bit more and and you know things like that but um yeah i'm still all smiles over here eric completely understandable um want to touch on a couple of things really quick before we transition into north texas uh definitely something that stood out to me uh chris mitchell uh, you need to look at Chris's performance and he only had, you know, three carries, excuse me, three receptions for 47 yards. But Chris is a guy, David, who, and, and again, I don't know if you had a chance to catch this. Um, I think I tweeted it out. Uh, so you may have seen it, but I talked about essentially. So Louisiana tech on, on the TD pass from Grace to Chris Mitchell, it was easy to spotlight the, or easy to spot from our vantage point, the one-on-one matchup. Right. So when I went back and looked at that play, it was clear single high, you know, cover one single high coverage, right? So single high means you got one safety, one high. Um, they're going to be kind of responsible um, for, for, you know, that back end of the coverage. And Grayson was able to do a great job of looking that safety off towards Tyrese's side, which opened up the coverage one on one for a guy like Chris Mitchell was a burner. David, something that I think we're going to keep an eye on down the stretch here is Tyrese's ability when he's out there on the field. He opens up so many things that I think as these young receivers develop and get more confidence, Jalen Bracey, Chris Mitchell, Dean Patterson, uh, Ross Fournay, you know, as these young receivers develop and get more confidence and make more plays, uh, I, I just think that can only benefit the Panther offense, especially when the run game, if for whatever reason you get a situation where the run game isn't cooking, Grayson's shown that he's more than adequate enough through the air. So just kind of want to get your thoughts on that really quick before we transition. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, whether it's Mitchell or Bracey, I think they've both shown that they've been able to make some big plays in this offense. And, and, and it's awesome to see, cause we, I remember our conversations before the season started, like who's going to be that guy that's not Tyrese, like who's going to step up in that, that, you know, number two, number three role. And, you know, both Mitchell and Bracey to me have really stepped up and shown that, that they are absolute playmakers. And, um, you know, I, the, the weapons, the thing about FIU is like, we've never been short of skill positions, right? You know, we, we always have these guys that, you know, come in and, 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 and make big plays and these guys are really stepping up and, and I love the receiving core. And with that on top of Rivaldo and, and me in, and then, you know, the backs, like our, our skill guys are, are, I think, you know, will always be good, but I think they're also now just feeling so much. I keep using the word comfortable because I think they've gotten, you know, comfortable in that David Yo system and 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 as you know earlier in the season where they're still trying you know adjust to the the game plan things like that i think now they've got their full grasp on it and they, they're, they're going to continue balling out especially you know tyrese is going to get his and tyrese is a absolute stud i can't wait to watch a play on sundays um but you know these you know mitchell bracy and these other guys are really you know stepping up to the plate all right, Dave. So that puts a cap on week nine as we enter week 10. Um, just, you know, actually, but one, one more last thing before we get to North Texas, sir. Four and four. You know, uh, I know we've had a lot of fun on the podcast about, you know, your your prediction and all these thoughts and whatnot. But just, you know, now that we're now eight, nine weeks into the Mike McIntyre era, four and four. Just bring me in the fan perspective. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? My personal thoughts and opinion, I, I think I speak for most of the fans too. I think we're all ecstatic. Um, no one, you know, as, as you mentioned, my, my preseason predictions are always going to be either one loss or undefeated. It, it, it's part of the, the fun and the joke about it. 
Uh, but, you know, we, we've talked off, off air and, and just, you know, I've talked to a bunch of fans about it. You know, my, my prediction for the season was three wins, and I thought they would be against the, team, the three teams that weren't in the conference. And so, you know, pulling off wins against Charlotte and now La, La Tech, it, it's completely exceeded expectations. And everything that happens, you know, going forward is just continuing, continuing to build on exceeding those expectations because um, especially from the start of the season where, you know, obviously we play a close game against Bryant, we lose 73 to zero against Western. I'm thinking here like, oh, wow, we like might not win another game. And then, you know, fast forward, we've won three of three more. And that team, it, it, this team looks so different than the team that started the year or even those first three weeks or whenever Western was. Um, so I'm just super, super happy with, with what we've seen, uh, you know, everything from what what Mike McIntyre has brought, his entire new coaching staff, the players, it's, uh, you know, another shout out to Scott Carr, just every, the atmosphere he's trying to build. I, I, I couldn't be happier um, with this season already. And, and don't get me started if, if we make a bull berth because, because people might not be able to contain me, Eric. So, I, I, I you know, nothing but, once again, good thing. This is an all-happy podcast today. Um uh, Nothing but good things from this season so far, and and you know I'm I'm waiting to see you know if we can finish strong. The question will be, David, and we can answer that if we uh, indeed see a bowl eligible FIU team. Will David Handel actually make the trip to the bowl game? Because he doesn't yeah, do that. I missed one bowl game, and and now it's the butt of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist. All right, David. So we're gonna <laughs> transition here to a. Uh, to North Texas. Um, I'll let you kind of open it up here. You know, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? Um, I know you're picking a win. Nah, I'm kidding. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, you obviously know. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I guess before we go to your thoughts, I, I should preview the mean green. So let me go ahead and do that. Coached by Seth Luttrell, North Texas is a team that right now come in at five and four. Um, a little bit better than maybe that five and four record may say when you, you look at their competition. And overall, I think the thing with Seth Luttrell's team is if you look at it, they pushed uh, UTSA pretty hard. Only lost by four. Um, you know, they're riding pretty hot, riding pretty high uh, right now, I guess going through their last month here. So they beat FAU, beat Louisiana Tech, beat Western Kentucky 40 to 13. I mean, David, uh, really resounding uh, defensive performance for North Texas, a program that's had their struggles, three defensive corners in three years. Now Phil Bennett in his second year really seems to be growing in that defensive scheme. As I mentioned, they pushed UTSA, the cream of the crop, in Conference USA. And then you take a look at their losses, and this is where I think if you're a Panther fan, you got to perk up a little bit. Uh, the SMU, t- SMU loss, that's one that, all right, you know, SMU can score some points. Yeah, that's going to happen. The loss to UNLV. David is one that really intrigues me. And yes, UNLV, UNLV is having a solid year. They're not uh, the same UNLV of old, but I mean, it's UNLV, right? Like after, uh, I believe after beating North Texas, UNLV is two and four, if memory serves me correct. So still not, you know, a, a great team that Marcus Arroyo has out there in the desert. So if you're an FIU fan, yeah, you want to keep an eye on that. But with that being said, they certainly are riding high. As I've mentioned, they've, uh, They've had a pretty uh, hot month and change here. Uh, kind of what they have coming into this game is for, again, for fans who are not familiar with the mean green, they're going to run the football. You know, Mike McIntyre talked about that in his midweek presser that he had today. And 
if you just take a look at North Texas from last year, they rushed for over 3,000 yards on the ground, by far have the deepest backfield in all of Conference USA. It doesn't matter if it's Ayo Adehi, Isaiah Johnson, Ikaka Ragsdale, uh, Oscar Attaway. It appears that Oscar Attaway may be a game-time decision, or if that, uh, if that at all, but still have – Ao Adehi, who is their leading rusher at 631 yards, Ikaka Ragsdale coming in with uh, shade over 300 yards, and Isaiah Johnson as well. Even Kalen Horton, I think, even even got in uh, the kick return, even got in uh, and had a uh, a big performance earlier this year as well. So, team is going to run the football, and then that's going to set up plays for their quarterback, the 30 year old. Former New York Yankee minor leaguer Austin Ani, who David's having a hell of a year. I mean, those of us who follow Conference USA football, and I, I mean, I know you may not follow the West as much since they haven't really been on the schedule, but for someone like me, um, Austin Ani's been a game manager. I mean, he's been a guy who's been uh, T to INT ratio, you know, one to one, maybe one and a half to one. He's got 23 touchdowns and nine interceptions. His completion percentage still isn't great. But the fact that he's throwing that many touchdowns and protecting the football and Austin Ani can use his legs as well as, like I said, a former baseball player, so a good athlete, that's something to keep an eye on. And then defensively, they have arguably the defensive player of the year in CUSA, especially if the Mean Green make the CUSA title game. KD Davis leads the league in tackles with 90. A uh, guy's going to be able to make some plays at and behind the line of scrimmage as well. Mason Richards, a former D2 player, uh, got to keep an eye on as well. Leads a team in sacks and tackles for loss. He's actually mentioned in North Texas's uh, media availability today that, you know, talking about, excuse me, the responsibility that they have to try to put pressure on Grayson James because they don't want to see Tyrese Chambers get off. So now that I've given, you know, kind of that that rundown of the mean green for fans may not be uh, familiar. David, uh, your thoughts as we head into Saturday's matchup going to be you know, classic uh, November football weather, looking at a high of about 65 out there in Denton, Apogee Stadium. So should be fun. Grayson James making his homecoming. Should be uh, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, Eric, everything that you mentioned besides the UNLV stat does worry me a bit. <laughs> um, you know, but then again, I'm also not going in expecting, you know, anything crazy, right? You know, we're 21-point underdogs for a reason. But I think that that there, you know, there's always a chance. Um, you know, it does worry me a bit that their biggest strength is that they have a rotating number of backs that are, have been deadly to other, you know, other, uh, conference USA teams, but I, I, I let's see what the defense can do. Cause I think the defense ha- has had very impressive spots. Um, you know, so it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously if I'm going to have to pick a side that I'm a bit more worried about, it's going to be the defense in this game, just because of, like you mentioned, that North Texas's offense can put up a lot of points and and has beaten, you know, or beaten slash kept up with some some impressive opponents. Um, you know, I was shocked when I saw that Western score, to be honest with you. But um, you know, it, it's not like I'm I'm going to come up here and say that you know I would be I would be mad if we if we lose this game. But it, I'm going to do the same thing that I, I that I did that I said similar to UTSA is that, you know, I, I want to see this team just continue to, you know, find its groove, uh, even though I think they, it's it's been found on the offense for the most part, at least these last two games, see if they can, can build on that or continue that to put up some points on the board and just keep fighting. Because, I mean, listen, it's college football. Everybody's got a shot. Um, so, you know, I'm very excited to see what we can do. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on a two-game win streak, Eric. Uh, you know, uh, this team's feeling hot. And let's see if they can capitalize on, you know, maybe North Texas overlooking us after a a big win against Western. 
Listen, if there's one thing the Panthers have fared well at, that is playing the underdog. Scott Carr. Yeah. I think I have FIU fans gotten accustomed to the Scott Carr tweet where he gets his screenshot of the uh, the pregame percentages via ESPN. No, I mean, here's just, again, from, you know, kind of the, the reporter perspective, here's the difference in my mind between some of the other, the other contests that FIU's been underdog in and this one. A, North Texas is a more veteran team than either of – the uh the three games that uh the three FBS teams that they've beaten b they're better right and i know that sounds simple but you look at charlotte we know what they were coming into the year obviously that was the last game of will healy's tenure louisiana tech first year under sonny cumby uh new mexico state while yes they are improving under jerry kill uh still you know a rebuilding situation seth latrell's been a situation where he if memory serves me correct, this is what his fifth or sixth year at North Texas. He's had them a bowl success and they're going to the American. This was a team that really this year for Seth Luttrell's own job status needed to get some wins together as he's trying to look to continue uh, in that role as a head to the American. So, yeah, I mean, guys like KD Davis, as I mentioned, A.O. Dehi, uh, Manasseh Moise, uh, a veteran offensive lineman started 58 straight games so it's going to be a tall task there's no doubt about it i mean we'll see what happens as far as the spreads the spreads have been all over the place this year i am picking north texas to win this game because again there's more veteran all right uh, here comes the 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 first swear in a while you asshole all right so with that aside listen listen who picked fiu to win last week <laughs> me <laughs> that is not <laughs> you know i'm dying over here and you hit me with that one no um i am picking north texas to win this one but that aside uh i, I think once you get past north texas i think all three of those games are very much toss-ups so we will see what happened david any final thoughts uh final thoughts let's have another big week pause up fie's winning this game let's go eric all right, so you heard it there himself. David has his paws up, as they eternally are, and I will be getting ready to make the trip out to DFW for – damn, David, this is – this is oh gosh, okay, let's see. Um, CUSA Media Day, that was one. Um, New Mexico State had to go through Dallas, that was two. Uh, I feel like there's another one I'm missing because I feel like I was just in Dallas recently. They're all stringing together at this point. Um, damn it, David. Who all? No, wait. I went direct to, to Nashville, direct to Charlotte. I feel like I was just in DFW recently. Nevertheless. Um, huh? Texas State. Texas State. T- Texas. No, no, no. That was, no, 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 no. That was awesome. That was awesome. Okay. So maybe it's just, maybe I'm just getting, okay. So see you at CUSA Media Days, um, New Mexico State. But maybe I'm just getting the fact that I had to go, you know, to and back uh, in DFW. But nevertheless, there's another trip to DFW for me, I believe, on Thursday. And, of course, to get to El Paso, I will have another trip to DFW. So definitely spending plenty of time in the Metroplex. So I will be heading out there Thursday. Of course, David will be watching that game on the ESPN Network's that it is on want to thank you guys for listening as always you can find us on twitter you can find david on twitter at mr hondo 321 you can find me on twitter at eric c henry underscore you can find this podcast on twitter at shula bowl pod please leave us reviews it's the only way that we can help this podcast grow and last but not least the uh, proprietor of the folks who give us the platform ethan skolnick 
at the number five reason sports. Thank you for, thank you for listening and happy football watching.